have you with us. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate you saying good morning back, too. Our lesson this morning is continuing with a series. Did I just, my microphone just go out? Okay, maybe not. Continuing with a series, Why We Do What We Do, and it's about singing today. Psalms 13 and verse 6, I will sing to the Lord, for He has been good to me. A very powerful statement that that God has dwelt with us, that He has been bountiful in His blessings and what He has given us and what He has, has done for us. And singing becomes that natural avenue of praise for Him. Actually touching on some things that, uh, some common passages that we look at so much. And understand the lesson this morning is going to touch on some of these passages. And we'll get the mechanics of these out of the way. And then move on to some other things. Because the idea is not necessarily to, to try to prove to you anything this morning. Because that's done being proved. It's written right here, it's there. For example, Ephesians 5.19, one of the ones that we use a lot, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. James 5 and 13. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. And then in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 15. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I also sing with the understanding. There's some things that you notice that stand out about churches of Christ that are different from some others. And one of those things is that we do congregational singing a cappella without any accompaniment by instruments. And I think those passages address that when it says, speaking to one another. Well, whenever you are speaking to one another, that is a group singing and talking to each other, just as we just did. And then it says, singing and making melody in your heart. The, if you will address it this way, the musical instrument is us. There is no information, no authority that you see that says anything about an instrument other than our hearts, other than us. So, congregational a cappella, we know it's to be orderly. We'll touch on that some more. It is to be spiritual, teaching and admonishing each other. To do that, you've got to use words. And spiritual in nature, you know, we, we worship Him in spirit and in truth according to the Word, and in a spiritual sense, with those spiritual songs. 
And you might, you might wonder and, and look at those and, and it mentioned psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. And just as a technicality, what, what is the difference? Well, the psalms that he's talking about are the Old Testament psalms. And as you look at, and you notice in those psalms, if you turn back to the Old Testament and look, number one, they're the Word of God, so they are the inspired words. Words of praise that are inspired. So those psalms, and those have been sang for centuries to praise God. And, and if you look in psalms, you'll find the person who is, is speaking, sometimes he will be the lowest of low, but still winds up praising God and asking God for the help. In that same sense, they may be happy in everything, and then those psalms are addressed praising Him for the happiness and the good things. Hymns, similar, but a hymn would not necessarily be a scripture as these, but it would be a, something that had a meter or had a rhythm, may have harmony in it, much like what a psalm would have, but not necessarily the inspired word being sang. And then the spiritual songs is a general term and may be more like a spontaneous type song. A song of praise, a song of thanksgiving, a song of adoration that we would sing. So that's kind of the, the, the mechanics and the technicalities that we look at. Makes us, I guess, a little bit different. But isn't it amazing the simplicity in which God has granted us to worship Him. The simplicity of being able to worship Him any time, any place, wherever we may be, and it not be a burden. It's very good. I think there's a plan there in that, on God's part. Let me rephrase that. I said I think. I know there is a plan there on God's part for that. But what is the purpose? What is the purpose of singing? And, and understand, whenever, whenever I address something and we're talking about music and worship, you understand I'm talking about a cappella, okay? So anytime you hear me use the word music today, I'm talking about singing a cappella because that is music in the purest form. It is said, it is known. Music has the power to heal. And this is a fact, okay? Music has the power to heal and stimulate more parts of the brain than any other human function. And you think about that, of how powerful that is. How many of you, from the time, you know, you've been a small child, through your teenage years, you know, one of them old songs from when I was in high school, come on the radio. Buddy, I can jump right in there, whatever verse it's at. Why is that? Because it stimulated something up here to remember. 
It's known fact. They've done research on this. And our brains are hardwired, hardwired, hard to talk when you got southern drawl, okay? If I said hardwired, you'd know what I was talking about. Hardwired, in other words, it's there, it's planted there. Our DNA has it for music, for singing. It's there. And so we can remember, and it stimulates, and it moves us, and it motivates us. So we look at that and we think, man, that's amazing. We know that music has benefits for mental health. And this is, this is studies shown, uh, medical universities showing this. Studies show that there's an increase in dopamine in the brain, which enhances your mood. So you want to you feel better, you want to get in a better mood, sing. Is anyone among you cheerful? Sing. What's that going to do? It's going to make it even better. So we sing, and, and it triggers that, and, and we get the feeling better. I once had a friend, you know, and it says, anyone, you know, you know, if you're feeling bad, you know, pray. I had a friend one time, you know, we all said, if, you, if you're happy, you'll sing. And that's, that's a very true statement. But a friend of mine who went on to become a preacher, he said, uh, he said you know what the best thing to do is you don't feel good, you feel bad, you're sad, start singing. And you're going to say, yeah, I don't feel like singing. He says, you won't when you start. He says, but when you get into it, you're going to feel better. Do you know he is proven to be right? So we sing, it will do that. We also know, and this is a research-based, that singing, music, reduces pain and anxiety. And you say, well, you know, yeah. They're talking about surgery. And what they're saying is that with less pain and by, by using music, that what happens is the body produces a natural, I don't know if it's a natural opioid. You know, we've got an opioid problem, people taking it, but they're putting it in, okay, and they've abused that. But you can reduce pain even after surgery by utilizing music in there because it does that. And this is a proven. It was unreal, the numbers. I would have thought, yeah, I'd be a small... I, I could see it on a few people and be small numbers. The numbers were huge in this. So it also reduced the, the need for painkillers in this. It's an effective stress reliever. And we also know that it enhances memory. Studies have been done with Alzheimer's patients with that. But let me tell you something. We know that singing enhances memory. Let me tell you how I know that. If you see me up here and I'm teaching class sometime and I'm trying to turn to another passage, you know what I'm doing if I pause for a minute? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the accent of I actually sing that so I can get what order they're in. It has now become a habit. 
We have youngsters who can tell you the name of the apostles. Jesus called them one by one. They remember them like that. With music, the rhythm, it enhances the ability to retain it, to, to remember. You look back at the old Psalms, and this is, this is amazing. Many of the youth, most of them probably as a matter of fact, by the time they were 12 year old, especially if they were training to be a Pharisee or something, would have the Old Testament, the Law of Moses, memorized. Memorized. And many places, and many times, these psalms were sang. Why were they sang? It becomes easy to remember. Not only are there praises, but it embeds in the memory, and you can remember what they're saying. As I look at it, there are two things that I think singing does. And first and foremost is we praise God. We acknowledge Him and we praise Him. And I've often wondered, do we do that enough? Do we stop? and look at the creation that God has made us, and are we in awe and amazed at what He has done? Are we amazed that at the time when He created the universe, that He knew that Jesus Christ was going to come and die for our sins? That He'd have to do that for us. I'm amazed at that. Praising God is something that I don't think we ever will do enough. But praising God acknowledges to Him that we are thankful, that we know what He has done, that we know what Jesus Christ has done for us. We know that the Word that the Holy Spirit has given us is inspired, that, that it directs our lives if we will allow it. But we praise Him constantly, every day. And in song, just enhances that, especially within our memory. The second thing that I think singing does, and I'm going to generalize that is, is that it benefits us. Okay? Number one, if you sing enough, you'll eventually get to where you'll be a better singer. Practice. Okay, I need a lot of practice. But singing is one of those things that benefits us in the way that, number one, it teaches us. The nursery rhymes that we used to say, or the verses that we say. We've even applied, young people, you know this, we have applied singing to some of the verses that we have utilized whenever we go, you know. Um, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. It's a scripture. If you can learn to, to apply that to scripture, we teach each other. 
And in our songs, we teach about the greatness of God. We teach about the love of God. We teach about that compassion. We teach about that sacrifice through those songs. So one of the things that singing does is it teaches us, but it also, since we're singing to each other, teaches all those around us too. Have you ever been in a place in school where the teacher had you to stand and recite everything together? Many of us have been. You know what happens? That recitation triggers a, a, a thing for us to remember. So doing also as a group enhances that. <clears throat> it builds us up. Jerry Triplett, he always says, you know, he can't wait to get here. Why? And he'll tell you, because it builds me up. It builds us up. When we sing together, there are times, especially when we do the Lord's Supper, that we will sing a song and automatically that triggers me. There are times we sing certain songs before the Lord's Supper and I'm concentrating on that. I'll have tears in my eyes. Because the song reminds me of the sacrifice, it triggers that emotion. We can express our spiritualness through singing. That is a benefit. Sometimes we let the spiritualness of our lives, we push it back and take a back seat. We shouldn't, but we do. Maybe in our everyday jobs, our everyday lives, we get so entangled with everything else and the spiritual things that we need to dwell on, we may push aside. We're just so busy. But yet singing and having those songs can help make us a more spiritual person, spiritual-minded. Also something... You know, you may be, why is it? You ever thought about this? Why is it? You're about to do something wrong. You know it's wrong. You know you shouldn't be doing it. It's called temptation. Why is it whenever we're tempted sometimes, some church song comes in your head. And you say, oh man. You should be saying, thank you, Lord. That's what singing can do. Singing can enhance our lives. Singing can help make us happy. Singing can help us with our relationship with God. You know, singing too when we're in worship, because uh, when we look at it, singing sets the tone. If you start singing before you have a worship service, singing sets the tone for the worship service. You want to make the preacher a better preacher? Get a good song leader. Thank you, Kim. It works that way. It sets the tone. At the temple in Jerusalem in olden times, before it was destroyed, 
Songs were sang at the temple each day. Psalms. And a specific psalm for a specific day. For example, on the first day, the 24th psalm would be sang. On the second day, 48. On the third day, 82. On the fourth day, 94. Fifth day, 81. Sixth day, 93. And on the Sabbath day, Psalms 92 was sang for praising God for His holiness and His majesty. In other words, that song, that music that they would sing set the tone for worship because there were sacrifices every day at that and it helped to keep the focus where it needed to be on what God, who God was and what God had done for for them much in the same way as what it would be for us. In 1 Corinthians 14, we done talked about one verse in 14, but in 14.26, it says about whenever you come together, and that's worship, whenever we come together, and it talks about each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, the list goes on, and it says, let all things be done for edification. And that's, that's like what Jerry's talking about. Let it be done for edification. Let it be done for building up. We also know that in Matthew 26 and verse 30, if you remember, Jesus had ate the Feast of the Unleavened, sometimes called the Passover Feast, with His disciples. Remember, they met in the upper room. They done that. They broke bread, and that's the, the, the time at which Jesus initiated this, when He broke bread and said, Do this in remembrance of Me. They partook of the juice of the fruit of the vine and said, Do this in remembrance of Me. When that was over, it says that they sang a hymn before they went to the Mount of Olives. Traditionally, that song or that hymn was sang a cappella. Interesting on those two parts, the part of music. But I tell you that because here's what I want you to remember. Prayer and singing go together. One of the, the times before Jesus... I call it a big prayer. There's three parts to that if you look at the book of John when he was there in the garden. Prior to that, he was with his disciples, broke bread, sang a hymn, and then went and prayed. If you remember the time in the book of Acts where there was Paul and Silas, Acts 16, Paul and Silas were in prison. What were they doing? They were praying and they were singing. Pretty neat when you think about that. The simplicity of it is because they were singing, I can guarantee you they were singing a cappella. How's that? I can almost guarantee you that those soldiers weren't going to sit there and let them have an instrument that they might could use for some other purposes. <laughs> they were praying and they were singing.
And in our lives as we gather here to worship, part of our worship is praying and is singing. Singing is one of those things that is such a comfort. And when you talk about singing and prayer, both of them put us in a closer relationship with God. Singing can also help make us a more spiritual person. You know, there was a man by the name of John Newton, and I think just about all of us know his song. Probably even know his story. Everyone has probably heard the song, Amazing Grace. What some people may not know is that John Newton, before he wrote that song, used to be a slave trader. Would sail to the coast of Africa. And there's no other way to put it. He would kidnap people, bring them back, and sell them in the slave markets in the Americas. John Newton came to realize that that was wrong. Result of that is he wrote that song, that hymn. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Broken down. And I guess I look at this as singing in our praises to God. That song was in... John Newton. How many of us have a song of praise to our Lord and Savior, to God, that we've not let out yet? Is there a song in your life that needs to come out? That is our lesson for this morning. Maybe we have those who, who need to obey the gospel. Who need to start their song for the Lord. And, you know, another, another good thing about a song is it can be an encouraging thing. That's the reason we do it. But if you need to be obedient to the gospel, if you need to confess Christ before others, and that literally means not just in this building, that means outside in the world. You say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You're saying, I'm willing to take the consequences for making that statement. When you do that, things will change. Repent of your sins. Also be buried with Him in the waters of baptism. Will you come in contact with the blood of Christ which cleanses us from our sins? Or maybe, maybe we've slidden back into the world. Need to be restored. We can pray for you and do what we need to do there. Whatever your needs may be, we're going to invite you to come forward while we stand and while we sing.